thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. That's Psalm 136, the great Passover Hallel Psalm, the, the final verse. And when that Psalm's final verse was sung, the Passover meal was concluded. So, you and the other ten disciples got up from the table. Put on your sandals again. Put on your outer garments. Followed Jesus out of the door, out of that upper room, down the stairs, out into the Jerusalem streets. Your small group, just the twelve of you, 13 before Judas had gone off to do whatever it was he was heading out to do, had finished the meal quicker than some of the larger groups celebrating in us. So you, as you walk through the city streets, you hear still from every, every window you pass, every doorway, sounds of eating, drinking, singing, laughing from all the others who gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. But as you walk through the streets of Jerusalem, your small group is quiet. And you know that you and the other ten disciples are all thinking about the same things. Thinking over this unique Passover meal you just celebrated. Thinking over these words of Jesus about that bread which he broke and gave to you saying it was his body. That wine, which he passed around in a cup, saying that it was his blood. Thinking about his words about his departure, still not entirely clear on what he means there. You're all thinking about all these things. And now it's out of the city gates, heading east from the city, across the Kidron Valley, up onto the Mount of Olives to the garden there. It's a good thing that you know this path well. It's a place where you have often been gathered by Jesus together to, to hear him speak and teach you. And the path is familiar. And again, that's a good thing because in the darkness, as you're consumed with these, these thoughts about all of these things that Jesus has been speaking to you tonight, it would be pretty easy as the twilight gathers to, to stumble and fall. And then you do stumble a little bit because you've just bumped into Bartholomew, who's just bumped into Matthew ahead of him, who's just bumped into whoever it is ahead of him. Because at the head of the line, Jesus has suddenly stopped. His head's kind of cocked to one side. He's clearly lost in thought as he's looking at something. The 11 of you look to see what he's looking at as well. Just off the road there, here, just outside the city gates, there's a private vineyard, small garden. You look and you can see that whoever it is who gardens this garden knows what they're doing. You see the, the healthy, heavy vines hanging on the trellises there. These healthy vines spilling off of those trellises out onto the stone walls around the vineyard, spilling out up and over into the space outside of the vineyard's confines. And even there, you see that where those vines spill out into this area outside, the gardener's still caring for them. There's a pile of branches at the corner of the wall, trimmed, pruned branches that testify to the gardener's careful care for his vines. 
It's still early in the season. The grapes are just beginning to grow. But you can see that if you would come here six months later, you could walk by, grab a, a handful of grapes from that vine, and they wouldn't even be missed in the bounty that these vines are going to give forth in the fall. You're so interested, absorbed by what you're looking at, that it's almost a surprise when Jesus moves again. He walks over to the vineyard, looks closely at the vine, the branches coming off of it. He walks to the corner, looks closely at that pile of trimmed, pruned branches. He nods, and then he continues walking back up the path. The 11 of you look at each other, somewhat confused, and then keep following him. And as you walk, now Jesus, sort of over his shoulder, starts to talk to you all. I'm the vine, the real vine. And my father is the gardener. He's the one who cares for the vine. He's the one who's glorified by its health, the one who is glorified by the fruit it produces. And you all are branches off of me, and my father cares for you, trimming you, pruning you. Now, again, you stumble a little bit as you're listening to Jesus, thinking about what it is he's saying there. What, what is this talk of trimming me? Are you talking about pruning me? And you can tell that the other 10 are thinking the same thing too. They're whispering, mumbling to one another. Jesus clearly senses your confusion because he stops again, a little less abruptly last time so you don't all go running into each other once more. And he motions for you to sit for a moment. You're down at the bottom of the valley now, the bottom of the Kidron Valley and where normally there's a brook that sort of flows through there seasonally while well, the rainy season ended a couple of weeks ago. And so the brook that would flow through the bottom of the valley there is dried up, but there's still enough moisture that there's some nice, soft, springy grass for you all to sit down there in the twilight and listen to what it is that Jesus has to say to you. When everyone's settled down, sitting, gathered around him, Jesus speaks again. Look, don't be frightened by this, this talk of pruning. You've already been pruned by the words that I've spoken to you. These last three years, as you've heard me preach to you about the kingdom, as you've heard to me explain to you the law, the holy law of God, which the Pharisees distort and trifle with, that law has been at work on you, on your hearts, pruning you, trimming you. But you've also heard the promises from me. That the promises that you've known since you were children, the promises given to, to Abraham, to David, the promise given to your first parents, Adam and Eve, the promise of that Messiah Savior. And you know that that promise has come true, that I am that Messiah, that I'm here. The law, the promises, this is that pruning that I'm talking about. This is how the Father trims you branches, prunes you back, fertilizes you, waters you. All of that is happening as you're listening to my word. It's not a different process. This is the pruning and the trimming that the Father uses to take care of you. He's the gardener. He cares for me, the vine. He cares for you, branches, as well. Jesus pauses. Everyone thinks over what he's saying. 
And Jesus gestures back toward the vineyard. That pile of dry branches there, trimmed, cut off. What do you think we could do with those? Could we plant them back in the ground, water them, fertilize them, watch them grow? No. Those branches are, are dead, dry, destined for the fire. And anyone who won't be connected to me, anyone who, who won't be connected to the life-giving vine, anyone who separates themselves from me, from the love of the Father, from the care of their gardener, that's what will happen to them as well, gathered up, destined for fire. But that's not what will happen to you all. You've been pruned, yes, but not cut off, trimmed, so that you can bear more and more fruit. The fruit that you bear, it's your lives. You're gentle, peaceful, kind, patient, good, faithful, self-controlled lives. Do you want to live those kind of lives? I know that you do. My father can lead you into those kind of lives. Ask him whatever you would want in my name as you live your lives here as my friends, my followers, my disciples. He can, he will lead you into those kind of lives. And it might not be easy, but the pruning process is not going to be fun at all times. But my father will do it for you. He'll do it because it brings him glory. That vineyard we looked at, right? Beautiful. Brings the gardener glory, doesn't it? To see such a beautiful, healthy vineyard. In the same way, my father is glorified when you all bear fruit. So ask him for anything in my name, and it will be done for you. As you live these peaceful, gentle, kind, patient, self-controlled lives, these lives of fruit and love toward one another, ask and it will be done for you. Jesus pauses again, and you're all still thinking over what it is that he's saying. Hardly anyone else has really talked most of the night. Jesus has talked to you quite a bit. Peter's really the only one who's talked very much. And well, you know, that's pretty typical of Peter. But even Peter is quiet right now. Hand on his chin, rubbing his beard, thinking over what it is that Jesus is saying to you. Everything Jesus has said so far tonight, it's been comfort. It's been love these beautiful words, but you sense behind it all that there's, there's some heaviness, that something is coming, something big. And Jesus is working, working to prepare you for that. What is it? What's coming? As if he can hear your thoughts, which come to think of it, he probably can. Jesus smiles, chuckles. You're wondering why I'm telling you all this. Look, listen, I want you to have joy. The kind of joy that I have, I want you to have that. I want you to have joy in knowing that the Father loves you, in knowing that you are cared for by the gardener. And friends, joy is not just happiness. Joy is so much more than that. Joy is something that goes beyond our present heavy circumstances. And I know that you can tell I'm preparing you for something big, for something heavy, for my departure even in the midst of those pressing, heavy circumstances, joy is something different. Joy is content security in the knowledge of the Father's love and care for us. 
joy goes beyond our passing, present, heavy circumstances. Joy is to know that we are solid and secure in our Father's love. Remember that prayer that I taught you, our Father, right? He's your Father as well as mine because you are connected to me, because you are the branches off of me, the vine. How can you keep that that joy? How can that joy stay present for you, friends? Love one another. The Father's love for you will never change. The gardener's care for you will never change. And so as your circumstances do change, as the trials and tribulations of this life come at you, love one another unchangingly and be reminded of the Father's unchanging love for you. I call you friends, and that's for a reason. You know that I'm your king. Yes, you know that I'm the Messiah king who came to save you. That's true. But I didn't come here looking for servants. I came here to make you my friends. If you were my servants, I wouldn't tell you the why behind everything that I'm doing. But you are my friends. And so I'm telling you everything that I learned from my father. Here's the why behind all of this. The father loves you and I love you. Again, Jesus pauses. And as you look around the group, you sense that some of that heaviness has been lifted. It's not gone. No, but it's lightened. You sense some of that joy that Jesus was talking about. You look around the 10 who are assembled with you. You see people you know people who love you and by whom you've been loved. You've shared many interesting experiences with them. You swapped stories. You've been in their family homes, they in yours. You've eaten their cooking, they've eaten yours. You've fought with one another, sometimes over important things, sometimes over stupid things. You've apologized to them, they, to you. You've forgiven one another. And as you sit there and think about all that, the connection that exists between you and the gathered group there, you see the pruning that Jesus is talking about. You see the father, the gardener at work, cutting away, trimming away your dead branches, your sinful tendencies toward anger, rage, dissensions, factions, envy, fits of jealousy, selfish ambition, You see all of this being trimmed and pruned away by the Father. And you see that this is only going to happen in your interactions with one another. You see that this is only going to happen in the gathered group as you forgive and are forgiven by one another. You see the way that God gathers you together. You see that your connection to the vine and to every other branch is how this pruning, this trimming is brought about. You see it, and it's not a scary thought. It's comforting to know that this is where your father, your gardener, is at work. It's comforting. Because even though the pruning process can feel hard, can hurt, 
you know that it means you're connected to your vine, to every other branch. Jesus sighs, then smiles at you all. Look, you didn't choose me. I chose you all. And I can bet that you wouldn't all have necessarily chosen one another, right? And there are some rueful chuckles around the group, some elbows. Jesus goes on. I chose you. Be comforted by that. You don't have to ask yourself whether you chose me, whether you committed yourself to me, whether you decided to be connected to me. That's not your job to worry about. That's my job. It's the gardener's job, the father's job. You have a different job. Go out with one another. Bear fruit toward one another. And know this. Whatever you ask the Father together in my name, we will do it for you. I don't have a long list of demands for you, friends. This is it. Love one another. Amen.